Welcome to the Shulamite Podcast, an extension of Shulamite Ministries and Shulamite.com, with weekly interviews and teaching with author and speaker Martha Kilpatrick and hosted by John Enslow. This weekly podcast is a way to stay connected to the ministry. So come experience anointed messages, not giving just another method, but a living impartation. Well, you know, in public ministry, we do not know what's going on in the minds and hearts of other people. Now, at times we can know that the Holy Spirit is dealing with them and dealing strenuously with them, and perhaps they are turning the other way, you know, and not uh, accepting the provision that God is offering them. Right? We've both seen that many, many times. And people in that situation have no concept of realizing how that pivotal moment would bless the rest of their lives if they would simply accept the grace that God offers. But not all do. Not all do. This, the first man that I mentioned was speaking with someone and there was something he would not give up. Mm. And you can imagine, it was something he would not give up. And I walked away from him knowing he was a dead man. Mm. That there was nothing mm. that I could do for him. And we had a big meeting, this big, for him, praying for him, calling him to repentance. And still his no was solid because mm. he wanted something fleshly more mm. than he wanted God. But you gave it to him. You offered it to him. Yeah. And he said no. Was that at Conyers? Mm -hmm. Probably. Well, those of you that don't know what happened at Conyers, it was a surprise because I was speaking in a Baptist church that was as close to dead as I think you could get and still survive. But the two pastors there, there uh, knew that the Holy Spirit had restoration <clears throat> and revival for them. Two pastors, Bob Bird and one other, they knew that there was genuine um, renewal available, and they wanted it. And there were a lot of other pastors from other churches in the area that came and experienced it. We, we had some, well, how long did the meeting go? Do you remember? Probably it was at least a month. Every night for, for nearly a month. And... Um, the beautiful thing about it was that there were other meetings that were birthed out of that meeting. Other pastors came and got filled with the Holy Spirit and revolutionized their ministry and their churches. And uh, we never, never did know the extent of what all God did in that meeting. And, and, but it, it happened. It happened. Wonderfully so. 
And God was taking the lid off of, there were several Baptist churches that their pastors came and got filled with the Spirit and revolutionized their churches. And it was an, an amazing event. Then when I came back, I met Turk, uh, Derek in Turkey, like I had shared, and came back and we went another probably two more weeks, but it was apparent that the Spirit was lifted from um, the organizational part of it. Now, the impact of that meeting is still alive today. There are people that are still vibrating, and churches still vibrating from the impact of that meeting. Though, um, our meeting closed down about two or three weeks after I returned uh, from Derek with Derek in Turkey. Anybody else want to comment on that or ask a question relative to it? I appreciate the clarification because the battery frame was the perfect picture. Because as I shared, I wasn't sure exactly what was happening the number of times that I would just hit the floor rest. But it was a battery that was taking place. And, and your description, I'd never heard that before, is that God had used you to begin the process, the rhythm of battering in my life. And then I, I said, came into contact with Martha and her ministry. And it was a battering that would take place. Yeah. And it was a constant because of the walls that I built. I had tremendous walls that uh, could not be scaled, could not, I couldn't overcome them myself. Mm. And uh, would, would pray for miracle or a Paul experience on the Damascus Road. Bright light hit me, and I'll be over it. But the, it, it was a constant battering. So I know that that part, that the part that you had in my life was that, and the rest. I'd never experienced rest. My mind was just Amen. bonkers, and during that time, it was just wow. Rest of it. Well, it was at that meeting that I personally experienced people in the power of the Holy Spirit experiencing the joy of the Lord, you know, with riotous laughter breaking out. And I know the first time it happened, I thought, they're mocking. Well, that wasn't it at all. These people were experiencing the sheer ecstasy and presence, joy of the Holy Spirit. And you know, it wasn't, I don't know, remember the year, but Derek asked me to come, having experienced that in Conyers, the laughter, Derek asked me to join him in Kazakhstan. <clears throat> he was preaching at a conference there, and I, I went. And while I was there, he arranged for me to be the speaker at a local mission school's graduation. And they had about 30 students graduating in the mission school who were all going into Muslim countries. And that part of the world is predominantly Muslim to start with. And I remember praying and asking the Lord, God, what do you want me to share with these young students that are going onto such a dangerous mission field? And he, I felt like it was the Lord. 
he led me to the Queen of Sheba coming to visit King Solomon. And where she told Solomon, she said she was witnessing to him how she had been so impressed with his ascent, that is, his ceremony of going up into the temple and his dress, his apparel, the food of his table, the food of his servants. And then she said this, Happy are these your servants who wait continually before you. She was more impressed with the happiness of Solomon's servants than she was with all the jewels and the gold. And so to my message to that graduating class, that was my topic, that God wants them to see the kingdom <clears throat> in that same splendor that the Queen of Sheba saw the happiness on the face of Solomon's servants. That was my message. And then, and, and I will never forget, after I'd finished the, and this, we were meeting, the school was meeting in what had been the Communist Youth Indoctrination Center. Now, and, and it was just before this that communism had collapsed worldwide. And um, um, Almaty, Kazakhstan, which was the capital, I think it was the capital, at any rate, they had these enormous stone um, heads of linen, heads that, sculpted heads that were this big around, big around is the center part of this room, and they were up on high um, pedestals in the city, up high as the second floor of buildings, to, you know, to give prominence to linen. But those had been toppled and knocked off of those pedestals and then were still lying in alleyways and streets where they had fallen. And the mission school was meeting in the building that still had the name over the door, Communist Youth Indoctrination Center, though it was not that. And so when I got through speaking that day about Solomon, um, the Queen of Sheba being so impressed with his servants, and in emphasizing to these young missionaries, God wants you to see your role with that kind of happiness. And then the, uh, I finished the message and was giving out the diplomas, and a young woman came up, first student to get her diploma. I gave her the diploma, touched her on the neck or the shoulder, bang! She hit the floor. Nobody caught her. She, bang, hit the floor and burst into the loudest laughter you can imagine. Well, the next student came, bang, hit the floor laughing. The next hit the floor laughing. And before long, all 30-something of those students were laid out on the floor <laughs> laughing at the top of their lungs. It was pure, condensed noise <laughs> and got so loud that people began coming to the 
Communist Youth Indoctrination Center, and looking through the oval glass in the doors, their faces were pressed against the glass to see what was going on in the Youth Indoctrination Center that was causing such laughter and happiness. They could hear it outside the building. Well, their faces began being pressed against the glass, and then it was swinging doors, and then the door squeaked open a little, and a woman came in. I remember she was carrying a brown paper bag of groceries, and she got against the wall, and then more came in, then more came in. Then a man came in who had on a black, black clothes, a black, black, heavy, ugly beard. He looked like he had climbed out of a sewer. I mean, worst looking individual I had ever seen in my life. Well, they, the others then began coming in and lining up against the wall. Well, they saw what was happening. I was laying hands on these students. And so I started signaling them. You know, you come. No, 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 no. <laughs> they, they would lean back against the wall and wave their hand to let me know they weren't coming. But then I remember the woman with the bag of groceries came. And her groceries, she hit the floor. Her groceries hit the floor. Her oranges went rolling all over the whole front of the building. And others started coming up, the local people. And then this man who had on this dark out black outfit and this very dark beard and shaggy hair came running to me, grabbed me under my arms, lifted me off the floor and spun me around. He was experiencing the greatest exhilaration he had ever experienced. And the woman whose oranges went rolling across the, the floor, she didn't care at all what happened to the oranges. She was getting filled with the power of God. Any rate, it, it was the wildest scene I have ever seen. And the only person who was not happy was the director of the school. <laughs> and I did not know that because I'm standing and he is sitting a little bit to my back. I didn't learn that until weeks later, you know, how distraught he was over all that was happening and his students getting all of them laid out on the floor. But they were in the grip of glory. They were thrilled and and that um, woman with the oranges and the man with the black outfit, they were absolutely ecstatic with the joy of the Lord. And I know that it was the, and probably the first time they had ever experienced anything like that because Christianity had been so suppressed in um, Kazakhstan and... Uh, uh, there was no such thing as experiencing anything like that. any rate, it was, it was a wild time, uh, but it was a God time, and they knew it. 
They knew it. And I'm, I'm still to this day regret that the superintendent of the school couldn't have celebrated with all of his students. They were all on, oh, and they were laughing. It wasn't just falling out. They were laughing at the top of their lungs. And then when I found out about how unhappy he was about that, I thought, he needs to know what happened to Derek. The night Derek got filled with the Holy Spirit, he laughed for what I think was two hours nonstop. Wild, wild, riot, riotous laughter, celebrating and rejoicing in the grace and wonder of God. It's the battering ram of God. The battering ram of God. We hope you've enjoyed the Shulamite podcast. For all the latest from Shulamite Ministries, please visit us at shulamite.com, where you'll find Martha's daily devotions, posts from getalongwithgod.com, and the online library of all of Martha's writings. At shulamite.com, downloading the free Shulamite app is easy, and livingchristianbooks.com is only a click away. Thank you for joining us on this journey to discover a God worth knowing.